Welcome to Mike Ferry Strategies, the official MFO podcast. Hear from Mike Ferry himself, or maybe one of his speakers, possibly one of his top coaches, and even top producers from around North America. Agents, each week you will learn how to increase your production to develop a successful mindset, make more money, and get the most out of the Mike Ferry sales system. This podcast is your portal to expert real estate training, helping you become a top producing agent. Let's get started. Welcome back to Mike's Strategies. Tony Smith here, Vice President of the Mike Ferry Organization, and we are back for the second half of a series of thoughts. So I wanna set you up right away. Uh, If you want to follow through with all of the thoughts, you need to listen to the podcast from last week as well, because we started this whole thing with understanding the 20 types of generating business that Mike Ferry likes best as a strategy. And it's basically, we title it Mike's Top 20 Lead Generation Skills. We also went on to say in that previous podcast how important it is for you to have between four and six sources of business operating at all times. We know that if you don't have between four and six sources of business at all times, that your business can be very volatile. Shifts in the market can cause your, your income to go up and down, right? Different market cycles, cycles in yourself. There's all these things going on. And so you're gonna need several sources of business operating at all times if you want to have a consistent flow of income. And so last week we went through the sources. I think we got all the way through number 14 out of the 20. So today I want us to finish, but I want to start with a little bit of a thought first. One of Mike's strategies is that he wants to introduce to you the thought of the different ways to bring in business in terms of methodology. And Mike says, we really have three choices to get business. We can buy business, B-U-Y business. What I mean by buy is you can buy leads off the internet. You can reduce your commissions. You can do mass marketing, mass mail outs, advertising, and you can buy business. So if you have some money, you can put some money out to the world and you can buy business. It actually does generate business. It's very expensive, but it is one method of bringing in business to your real estate company. The second thing you can do is wait for business. Waiting for business means that you have a list of past clients and center of influence. You don't really call them. You don't reach out too much. But if you wait around long enough and if you've been, the, been in the business long enough, they'll call, right? Hey, Tony, uh, I want to get my home sold. It's time. Can you come list my home? You know, sitting on floor time, sitting in open houses. Those are waiting for business approaches. So you can have a listing. You can put a sign out front, open house. You can go in and sit and wait and see who shows up. The waiting for business is also a methodology that you might choose. And then the third methodology is you can go out and actively find it every day. Actively find it every day, which we know is lead generation, prospecting, if you will, right? And we know that all agents do a certain amount of buying and they do a certain amount of waiting. But our strategy is that you start to work your business and train yourself that 80% of the business you get in a year comes from finding it. And you don't let more than 20% of the business you get coming in every year from waiting or buying it. So you have to ask yourself a question right now. How much of your business is coming in today 
from waiting, open houses, waiting for people to call, floor time, right? Just waiting for the phone to ring. And how much of your business is coming from buying it, advertising, mail outs, buying leads off the internet? We want you to obviously create the other 80%, which is finding it. Okay. Now the irony of the whole thing is most real estate agents in the world today get all of their business from buying it or waiting for it. And that is why so many agents don't do much business at all because they can't afford to buy too much and waiting for it takes forever and not that much comes in. So our whole approach over the last podcast and this podcast is to dive into the finding it part. And we left off on number 14, which was making cold phone calls. And it's, you know, Mike Ferry for years has been criticized that all he tells everyone to do is cold call. (laughs) That is so not true. Mike Ferry has been talking about these 20 main sources of business for his entire real estate life with us. What we hear is cold calling. And why do we hear it? because we hear that as the one that is the least favorable to do, and why would you ever wanna do that? He just tells me to cold call. That is basically your resistance to prospecting, by the way, if all you hear him say is cold calling, because that is so not true, okay? So let's finish through this list of, of things, and what I want you to consider is at some point, you need to decide the four or five or six that you're gonna make permanent, and you need to recognize that once you decide which ones, there's skills involved, there's setup and structure involved, there's collection of data, there's research, there's you know booking time in your schedule, there's understanding the objections you're gonna receive. There's some work to it, which is also why many people don't do it. There's rejection, okay? You're gonna to get told no. You know, if someone calls in and says, hey, I wanna sell my home, will you do it? Is there any rejection in that? No because they called into you, they reached out to you, you're not gonna get rejected on that. They ask you to help. So there's no rejection at all at that, right? And interestingly enough, many of the agents that buy business, they buy leads off the internet, don't you have to call them? Don't you have to prospect them? Don't you have to follow up on the lead? Don't you have to compete with other agents? The answer is yes to all of those questions. But because there's the little piece removed, the rejection piece, I bought it, they emailed me or they called me and said, I wanna do something. Because that little tiny piece rejection is removed, suddenly it's a great way to sell real estate. Does it make sense? It's very ironic to me because if you could just accept a little bit of rejection, you wouldn't have to pay for all those leads. You just go and find them. Very interesting. You know, I'll put a little side note in. I don't know if you've noticed if you've bought leads off the internet. I don't know if you've noticed if you're buying Zillow or truly buying any of these places where you buy leads. Did they call you to ask you to sign up for the service? It's so interesting because they have a whole bank of prospectors, a whole pool. I don't know how many prospectors work for Zillow. There must be a bunch because they call agents all over North America nonstop saying, would you like to sign up? We've got this opening in our Zillow portfolio. And would you buy it? It's kind of ironic that a company that wants to sell you leads off the internet would prospect you to get you to sign up. Isn't it kind of interesting? It's the reverse of what they're asking, right? 
<laughs> if you ever get one of those phone calls from one of those companies, um, you might you might just challenge them on this thought and say, you know, you have an internet lead service. I'm curious, why are you calling me? Shouldn't you just wait for me to call you? Interesting, isn't it? Okay, so it's ironic to say the least. But let's look at the rest. So we left off and the next one on the list of sources you should really consider is a big one. It's a really important one if you consider it. It's called the mapping program. The mapping program. Mike Ferry did this for years back in his real estate day. And if you really listen to the nuance of how this works, it's an incredible and can be an incredible source of business. So let me take a second and describe it for you, okay? This technique brings many of the things that we've discussed so far into play, okay? It's something that a lot of agents uh, use to get a well-rounded mix of prospecting kind of all at once, okay? Simply take out a street map of the area you work in, okay? Take a street map out, okay? Put an X next to the two or three for sale by owners that you find. Okay, so you got a map out, right? You find the for sale by owners in the area. You take the map and you put a little X, FISBO. Put another X over here, FISBO. You mark those on the, on the, on the map. And then you might pay, find the expireds if there's any properties that have expired from the market. And you put little X's on those. So you put a little X next to an expired over on this street and an X to expired on this street. Okay. And then you put, you find three or four properties that are listed for sale that you want to preview that you really want to get an understanding of the market. So you put little X's on the ones you want to preview, okay? And then what you do is you go to that area physically and you start at your office, you connect a little line from one X to the next, right? In today's world, your GPS is brilliant for this. So you simply drive to the first property, which happens to be a for sale by owner. You go knock on that door and you prospect it, okay? You might consider to knock a few homes around that property since you're there. And then the closest next property is one that you wanted to preview. So you drive over to that property and you preview that property. And you door knock a few of the neighbors around that and maybe introduce them to that listing, right? And so on and so on. And so if you really consider this, it can be a really fun day where you've kind of mapped out a little series of stops that you're going to make, which is all prospecting. And then if you map and if you consider talking to a few of the neighbors around each of those, Next thing you know, it's two o'clock in the afternoon and you've talked to 30, 40 people. What if you were to do that two, three days a week? What if you were to do it once a week? What if you were to do the mapping process once a week? How much ground would you cover prospecting? It's brilliant. I want you to consider it. Number 16 on the list, working tenant occupied listings. Okay, now this was a favorite one for Mike back in the day. Working tenant-occupied listings, right? This is designed more for finding potential buyers than it is for sellers, but it's a, it's a good opportunity, right? Most listings will show if it's tenant-occupied. If it's tenant-occupied, uh, doesn't the tenant know that they're, the house is for sale and they're probably going to have to move? Okay, Mike used to take this and he said, oh, listen, he would go preview the home. He would talk to the tenant. Listen, this home is for sale. I'm previewing the property. Let me ask you, would you be interested in buying this property? You know, it's very interesting that many agents that have a listing that is occupied by the tenant, they actually have kind of a conflicting relationship with them. 
they're working for the seller and here's this tenant in there and they're sure hoping the tenant doesn't cause any problems and boy, I hope they leave the house when I sell it, right? So it's kind of like a conflict. And what you'll find is most agents uh, will not address the tenant in any way, shape or form. They avoid them like the plague. What if you're to work tenant occupied listings? The next one on the list, number 17, working hot neighborhoods, okay? Working hot neighborhoods. We all know in our market, if you do any research at all in your real estate market, you know the two or three neighborhoods that are hot, that every time a listing comes up, it's sold. Everybody wants to be in that neighborhood. There's good, solid turnover. There's always homes coming and going, right? And what you need to consider is since there's high turnover, your targets are more likely, there's more of a chance to have something go on. So if you find a hot neighborhood, right, you can consider either phone prospecting through all of that neighborhood, or you can consider door knocking through that entire neighborhood. What can you bring to the table? Can you bring a list of all the homes that have recently sold in the area? Could you simply know some stats? Mr. And Mrs. Smith, I am working in the neighborhood. Were you aware that you happen to live in one of the hottest turnover neighborhoods here in town? In fact, we noticed that the days on market in your area is 10 days faster than everyone else. And we've also noticed that you've had a slightly higher increase in property by percentage than many of the other neighborhoods. So when do you plan on moving? All you need to do is have an introduction that it's a hot neighborhood. But if you consistently, you know, phone call or door knock through hot neighborhoods, aren't you in essence working with the best shot of getting something that you can list and sell? Boy, everyone should identify the hot neighborhoods that they work in. Okay. Next on the list, number 18, adopt the client. Adopt the client. Each time one of your listing sells, And after the transaction is closed, you adopt the buyer of the listing and make them part of your database. We all know this, unfortunately, and I want you to be honest with yourself here. Think about all the listings you've sold in your career. Think about all of the buyer sales you've had in your career. Have you done the proper job in following up with all those buyers? So you sell them a house this month. Have you done a good job in following up with them three, four, five times a year, year after year? Most agents haven't. Most agents sell a home, they put the buyer in the home, and they never speak to them again. If that's the case, if you have a listing, right, and somebody else brings the buyer and sells your listing, there's a really good chance, and I mean a really good chance, that that agent that brought the buyer is never going to speak to that buyer again. So who's Whose buyer is it? Whose client is it? Adopt them, okay? Let's take it a step further. If you really think about cold calling or just listed, just sold calls, have you ever taken a listing by cold calling or just listed, just sold? Wasn't that somebody else's client? Like you call them cold calling. They say, yes, I want to list the home. Didn't somebody, some other agent sell them that home? Why didn't they just go back to their, the agent that sold it to them? Because the agent never contacted them. Do you see where I'm going with this? The truth is, is we know how agents behave. And one of Mike's strategies is once you know how agents behave, you need to understand how you can grow your company using that to your advantage. Every time you sell a listing, after that's closed, make an effort to adopt that buyer. 
believe me, they'll come back around someday and they'll list that home with you. Okay. Number 19 on the list. Okay. This one's going to sound a little off as a source of business. Okay. It's going to sound a little strange. Aggressive lead follow-up. Aggressive lead follow-up. Well, Tony, is that a source of business? Yes, it's a source of business because most agents don't even get on the measuring scale of what we think aggressive lead follow-up is. In fact, one of the biggest expenses that you have as an agent and brokerages have is the number of leads that come into the company that don't get converted. Why? Because nobody follows up aggressively. When a person says to you, hey, I'm interested in selling my home, You have to get clear in your head that they're going to sign a contract with somebody, aren't they? And they're going to do it very soon. What hangups do you have about aggressive lead follow-up? Think about all the buyers and sellers in your career that have said something. Hey, if you could find this home for me, I want to buy one. I've kind of forgot about it, right? Hey, I want to sell my home. You try one time and they don't answer. So you just stop calling. And then you find out later they listed with somebody else. Aggressive lead follow-up is a source of business. I need you to step it up in this area for sure. Okay. And then the last one of Mike Ferry's top 20 generation skills is holding open houses, working farms, direct mail, running classified ads, Facebook, Google, having billboards on the freeway, you know, virtually all the things besides the other 19. That's, that's number 20 is everything else, right? And if you consider this, all of the others are the passive methods. And so Mike kind of groups them all together as one of your sources may be a bunch of passive things. All right. But you, you have a choice to make now. You've now been made aware of Mike's strategy, which is the top 20 sources of business. And you've now been made aware that we recommend that you get four to six sources operating completely at all times. So now you're obligated. If you choose to accept Mike's strategies, aren't you obligated to decide the four or five or six that you're going to use? If I were to challenge you to do something, I would ask you this week to pick the top five or six that you're going to use and start on a path of implementing them right away, one at a time if you had to. What if you brought on one source of business, you added one source of business every month to start this year? Here we are at the end of January. You brought on one source in February. You brought on one source in March, one source in April, one source in May, one source in June, one source in July. By mid-year, you would literally have your four to six sources working for you, wouldn't you? And what if your six sources, the best that you could ever do, is get one transaction per month out of each What if the best you could do is have six sources and the best you could ever do is get each one of them to give you one deal a month? Well, that's six deals a month. Think about how much money that is. For most people, you know, you're talking about 70, 72 transactions. For most people, we're talking about $700,000 in income. If you could simply get six sources working and get one deal per month out of each. Now, I like the idea of $700,000 in income for most people. And we at Mike Ferry have been training agents to do this kind of stuff for 45 years. So what you need to consider for yourself, if all we ever got done with you as a coaching company was trained you how to get your sources up and running, would you be better off for it? Look us up, okay? 
mikeferry.com. We have all the resources. We have the scripts. We have the skills. We have the dialogues. We have this report that has all these sources. We have all of this stuff available for you. And then if you feel like it, why don't you take a step forward and step more into the coaching world? We'd love to see you come in and get your sources up and running and take advantage of one of the most primary strategies that Mike Ferry has. Thank you so much for your time. My name is Tony Smith. I look forward to seeing you or talking to you on another podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Join us next Friday for another episode of Mike Ferry Strategies. If you like our show, visit our website at www.mikeferry.com. And don't forget to check out the Mike Ferry TV podcast every Monday for new messages from Mike Ferry himself.